The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What is up, everybody? This is episode nine of The Look Ahead, part of the SB Nation NFL show. I'm Rob Stats Carrera from Niners Nation. Happy, as always, to be joined by the one, the only, Ed Valentine from Big Blue View. What's up, Ed? Not much, Stats. How are you? We are we are turning the corner from uh, from the midpoint to the to the second half of the NFL season with uh, with Thursday night's game. Yes, for some teams, there's a lot to look forward to. For others, like my 49ers, less so. Uh, we'll get to all of that. First, I want to explain how it works on the show in case this is your first episode. You're not sure what we do. We listen to you. We take your votes. You pick the games you want to hear about the most using SB Nation Reacts, SBNation.com slash Reacts, or at SBN Reacts on Twitter. You pick the games you most are interested in, and we talk about those games. It's not a very complicated uh, voting situation, unlike other elections. <laughs> oh, let's let's not go there, Stats. Let's not go there. I had to say something. I mean, our whole show is based around voting. I, I couldn't not say anything, but don't worry. That's, that's as deep as we're going. We're not going to dive into any political talk. There you go. Yeah, let's, let, let's not. Thursday night football looks like uh, 49ers Packers are going to play. Right. I know you uh, you didn't want to talk about this game anyway, but it looks like it will be held despite the the uh, outbreak of COVID nineteen that the 49ers are are, are dealing with, and uh, things are just not in a good way for your 49ers, are they? No, I mean this whole year this is a cursed season. Right. This was supposed to be the revenge tour, but it's really it's just a, it's more like a I don't even know. It's pathetic is what it is. And uh, if you don't know what happened. So Kendrick Bourne, 49ers wide receiver, tested positive for covid-19. He went on the covid reserve list, but he's had close contact with a couple other 49ers left tackle Trent Williams fellow wide receiver Debo Samuel, who was already going to miss the game anyway, but also rookie wide receiver Brandon Ayuk who was basically going to be their number one target going into this game. So not only are the 49ers decimated by injury, Ed, but they're also now missing a bunch of people due to COVID-19. So so the, the question, Stats, the question is this. Are you actually going to be able to recognize half of the players wearing 49ers jerseys on Thursday night? It is. I'm going to need help. I'm going to need the media guide. 
Let me tell you the wide receivers that are going to be available for the 49ers. Trent Taylor, Richie James, Kevin White, who's on the practice squad, River Craycraft, also on the practice squad, and someone named Chris Fink or Finky or would I don't know. Because I, didn't know <laughs> I, until I, I didn't know any of those players existed until you just listed them. So uh, so you're be- a little bit better off than I am. It's here's here's a stat for you, Ed. Everyone's saying, oh, you know, the Packers want revenge, revenge because the 49ers whooped them in the NFC championship game last year. Well, no one, no one, not the center, not anyone, Ed that touched the ball on offense for the 49ers in that NFC championship game is going to play in this game tonight. Not a single person. It's basically an entirely different 49ers team that's going to face the Packers. And uh, let's just say they didn't upgrade. Yeah, that that's that's insane. You know, that is just, I mean, I know Kyle Shanahan is, is an offensive guru and, and he'll have a, he'll have a great plan and, and all of that. But, but you know, I'm sure that the Dallas Cowboys had a, a great plan the other day, except that it was Ben Denuzzi trying to trying to execute it, and, and we saw how well that went. Yeah, look, Kyle is great, but he's not a wizard. Like he can't make people that stink or that aren't very good into Pro Bowl or All Pro players. He just can't. And by the way, it's not like the Green Bay Packers are bad. They are missing a couple other people due to COVID. They've got some running back issues there. So that's obviously an issue. As of right now, Wednesday night, when we're recording this, the league says the game will go on as scheduled. As scheduled, The Packers boarded the plane, so they already are flying to San Francisco or Santa Clara, I should say. Right now, they're going to play. Ed, do you think they should play? I think that the way that they've, they've structured the schedule... I think they probably don't have much choice but to play as long as they can, you know, as long as both teams can can field, you know, enough players. I think they don't have a whole lot of choice because they seem to have gone this far down the road of of not extending the season to an 18th week, of not pushing, you know, everything back at least a week, playoffs, Super Bowl, all of that. So I think they don't have – with, and with with bye weeks getting used up, they just don't have much flexibility if they're not going to add that 18th week. So I think they're going to have to go ahead and play. See, I think they should add that 18th week. Like, what are we doing here? Why does the NFL seem so hellbent on having the season basically on schedule? Every other league adjusted their schedule because of COVID-19. There's no shame in it. There's no issue. You can push the Super Bowl back, especially because... You're not going to have, you know, the 50,000 media people at the Super Bowl this year like you usually do. So if you need to delay it, it's not as big a deal as it would be if you had to, you know, transplant that circus that goes along with it. I don't know why they're so hellbent on on getting this in. An extra week could do wonders. Oh, I, I don't necessarily disagree with that. I'm just saying it just looks like it looks like it's something they don't want to do. And 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 I'm I'm not sure why. There, there would be no harm in in pushing everything back for a week or creating that week 18 to give themselves some flexibility. But it, it looks like they don't want to. So I think the 49ers are going to go through this. I think other teams are going to go through it. You know, I know the Giants were missing one player uh, on Monday night. They were missing Will Hernandez. But 
I think the 49ers won't be the last team to go through this where where several players are missing. I think another in another of the games that we're going to talk about a little bit later, I think it's uh, – is it the, the Baltimore Ravens who are going to be missing quite a few uh, – quite a few players this this weekend as well uh yeah uh humphrey their cornerback tested positive for COVID 19 and that's the thing once you have one positive test you know these guys are in meeting rooms they're around other teammates well i was thinking you know with the 49ers and wide receivers like okay if kendrick Bourne caught a ball in practice and then threw it to somebody else does that count as a close contact did he throw it to a quarterback like i didn't you know it gets very hairy very quickly but it seems like they're going to get this one in, Ed. So since they are, the Packers are favored by six and a half. Where are you going? You just have to go with Green Bay here. You know, Green Bay is not exactly a juggernaut. They they don't have a great defense. They they still rely really really heavily on, on Aaron Rodgers to 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 uh, to do his magic and, and all of that. But as much credit as you want to give to Kyle Shanahan and, and San Francisco defensive coordinator, Robert Sala. I I just don't know how San Francisco pulls this one off. So I got to go with green Bay. Look, I, I want to take the 49ers. They're my favorite team. Of course I want to see them win. I, I know that it's better if they lose because they get a higher draft pick, but I'm, I'm tired of seeing my teams lose. I want to see them win, but this path to victory for them is so narrow. I mean, you basically have to hope that you can run block with good luck. Now you're missing your starting left tackle. But if you can run the ball and Nick Mullins can use the play action effectively, that's your only hope in this game. The problem is they don't have guys to block now. And I don't know who the heck is going to be throwing it to. I mean, six and a half. I, yeah, this just too juicy not to take the Packers. I hope I'm wrong, but the 49ers don't seem to have much of a prayer in this one. I'm sure Kyle Shanahan was not pleased with this news. No, I'm sure he wasn't. But, uh, you know, we'll see. They're going to go ahead and play. And, uh, you know, I didn't think the uh, I didn't think the Giants were going to make as as competitive a game out of out of Monday night as they did. So you just you never know. Well, and speaking of the Giants, uh, that game anyway, we're going to go ahead and move on to our next game of the day, the highest voted game from the fans at SB Nation Reacts, Saints and Buccaneers. And you're right, Ed. I didn't think I was going to have to watch the Monday night game at all. I figured Tampa Bay would just roll over the Giants. It wasn't going to be much of a contest, and we would all sort of move along with our day. And lo and behold, the Giants are basically a well-timed two-point conversion throw away from tying it up. Oh, I've been talking about that and analyzing that play all week, and I just don't want to talk about it. I mean, come on, Daniel Jones. I mean, throw the ball on time. Throw the ball somewhere close to being on target, would you please? And you know, and and then you know, and then what probably happens is Tom Brady gets twenty-eight seconds to work some sort of magic, and and he probably does anyway. But that would have been cool in its own right too. Yeah, and, and you know, look, you're you're the Giants. You're trying to develop your young quarterback. You'd love to see him come through in the clutch. He threw a beautiful touchdown pass the play before. That was a great throw by Daniel Jones. So it's so it must drive you nuts, Ed, that he could drop that dime in the back of the end zone, and then on the two point conversion play where you, that receiver is basically the only one that's that's where that play is going. It's not like he had to make a bunch of reads before deciding to throw it, and he doesn't throw it on time in a play that's based on timing. 
And that's the thing. I mean, we're getting a little sidetracked here because we're into a Daniel Jones discussion, but that's that's okay. I mean, I've I've been doing it all week at Big Blue View, and and this is the thing that makes you insane about about Daniel Jones is when he throws the ball on time. He makes a beautiful throw to Golden Tate for a touchdown. He makes a tremendous throw to Deion Lewis for a touchdown in that game. And, you know, I can forgive some of the deep balls that he missed because, you know, he normally would hit those, but everybody has an off night where you make it, you know, where, where you, you're just not perfect. It's It's those plays where you should see it and you don't see it, and the ball doesn't come out on time, or you make the silly interceptions, it's those plays that have Giants fans wondering if they'll be back in the quarterback pool in the 2021 draft. Well, let me pivot to the Buccaneers then. Do you look at what happened on Monday night as signs of worry, or do you say, hey, it was a tough matchup, it was a blip in the road, and the Buccaneers are going to be fine because they need this game, Ed. They lost to the Saints earlier this year. They can't afford to get swept by a division rival. No, I don't I don't see it as, as a problem. I see it as, you know, they had a they had a difficult game the week before. They, they're coming up on another big game against the Saints. They're they're walking into a Monday night game against a team that's got one win. And and it's like, you know, we we pretty much show up. We've got Tom Brady. The Giants will screw up enough. We'll win this game. It's not a big deal. And and I'm sure that we didn't see the absolute best, you know, version of, of the Buccaneers. Now, the Giants had a really good game plan on Monday. They did some things that I think other NFL teams will take note of in terms of the way they ran the ball. The plan that they had was really just go straight ahead, stay in between the tackles, to really attack the middle of that defense with the run game. And, I mean, they didn't pile up massive numbers, but they were successful enough that I think other teams will take notice. Well, the Saints may have a little bit more difficulty doing that. If you look at the injury report for Wednesday, Drew B, Drew Brees, limited with a shoulder, Alvin Kamara, limited with a foot, and Michael Thomas, ankle hamstring, all limited at practice on Wednesday. Um. You know, I I haven't heard anything that it's serious, but if those guys are less than 100%, obviously that works in Tampa Bay's favor. Where do you lean in this one? I'm going with the Buccaneers in this one. I think, uh, you know, you look at you look at week one, you go back to week one, and, and the Buccaneers were just sort of, you know, beginning to figure things out, just getting started. We're halfway through the season now. I think you're seeing a lot more of what of what the Buccaneers can be and you, you kind of root for Drew Brees and you'd like to see him maybe win another Super Bowl before he's done but I'm not sold on this on this New Orleans team so I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the Buccaneers in this one I should have mentioned the Buccaneers are laying four and a half points does that change your mind at all no well there you go that was very decisive um I have to give the Saints a little bit of credit, Ed. I mean, Drew Brees is playing in, in a windy game last week. No Michael Thomas, no Emmanuel Sanders, and they get it done. And I know there's a lot of talk about Drew Brees being cooked and he can't throw down the field anymore, but he won. And at this, especially at his age, like you're not going for style points. It's a pass fail business and he's been passing and it's been working so far for him. So, you know, I, I can't knock him too much. 
I don't know if it's my own issue or what the deal is, but I can't get behind the Saints. I don't know if it's the playoff, like the bad playoff losses they've had recently. I just can't get out of this mindset in my head of the Saints are never as good as they look. And that's going to continue for me. I think the Buccaneers are, are hitting their stride. I know that they stumbled a little bit last week. But I still believe in Brady, especially his connection with Gronk, which seems to be awesome. And by the way, we haven't mentioned, guess who's making his debut this weekend? Your favorite oh, player in the NFL. Oh, we haven't talked about Antonio Brown, have we? It, you know, put all of the put all of that stuff aside. It is it, it's as far as you know, my personal feelings about whether Antonio Brown should even be getting another chance in the league at this point. It's it's just going to be really, really interesting to see if this works, to see if he can really contribute to this team. It's funny for me because I asked Gil Arcia of SB Nation's Bucks Nation the other day if the Bucks were in a situation where it's, you know, win the Super Bowl or this is not a successful season. And he said no. No. I'm flabbergasted by that answer. You signed a 43-year-old quarterback. You brought Rob Gronkowski out of retirement. You just went and did something that very few teams in this league would take a chance on doing and bringing in Antonio Brown. And the only reason you did it is probably because Tom Brady asked for it. And, you know, I can't imagine that he didn't go to Bruce Arians or go to ownership and say, we can't let this guy go somewhere else. You didn't bring Tom Brady to Tampa Bay to make the playoffs and say, oh, gee, that's nice. We made the playoffs. If you don't win Super Bowls in this couple of year window with Tom Brady, then it didn't work. Yeah, I I totally agree with you. You don't sign a 43 year old quarterback and then say it's not Super Bowl or bust. And by the way, it's not just Brady and Gronk, Leonard Fournette, LaShawn McCoy. You mentioned Antonio Brown like these are all short-term moves for this team. So that it's crazy talk to think that they don't have to win the Super Bowl this year. If Brown is anything close to what he was, it's a fantastic addition for Tampa Bay, no doubt. Can he keep his head on straight? We have no idea. And it's all on Brady, basically. I mean, he's living with Tom Brady. It's all on Brady whether or not he can keep him in line. And we'll find out. But I still... Whether Brown contributes a lot in this game or not, I'm still taking the Bucks and I'm still laying the four and a half. All right, Ed, that's two games up and two games down. We still have three games left. We still have Seahawks, Bills, Ravens, Colts, and Dolphins, Cardinals. No dealer's choice this week. Uh, controversial decision. There was a bit of a tie and uh, Ed Valentine made the deciding vote. So we'll explain why we're not doing that after the break. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You know, Ed, it's bad enough we had to talk about my 49ers at the top of the show and half the roster is not going to play in this game on Thursday. Now I got to talk about the Seahawks after they beat my 49ers last week. This, this, is, a, this is a terrible show for me. It's a slog. 
do we need a new co-host here? I mean, my God, every, every every week you're complaining about the games we have to talk about. Every week there's a reason for you to, to whine about one or two of these games. I don't know. I just, what are we dealing with here? Hey, look, anytime Russell Wilson wants to throw me a bone and have a bad game, I really appreciate it. But, <laughs> you know, this is a game I looked at the schedule, Ed, and I was really excited for about four weeks ago when Josh Allen was rolling and looking like an MVP and obviously Russell was still playing well four weeks ago, I thought that this could be a real barn burner of a game, a real entertaining matchup. But the Bills have kind of cooled off a little bit, and Josh Allen in particular, in his last four games, he's got two touchdowns, four interceptions, he's looked inaccurate, he's looked very sporadic, and I don't know if it's the defense is catching up with him or just his natural inconsistency, but the guy that we saw the first four weeks of the season is not out there for them right now. No, he's not. And, you know, the Bills beat the Patriots last week. They they moved to uh, to 6-2. and two. They really took control of the AFC East. I was happy to see that. You know, I think that, that everyone who isn't a New England Patriots fan will be happy to see someone other than the Patriots win the AFC East. But the Bills didn't exactly blow the Patriots off the field last week. I mean, if if Cam Newton doesn't fumble in the red zone, that game is at least tied and headed to overtime. So the thing that concerns me from a Buffalo perspective about this game, we know how explosive the Seattle offense is. They're averaging more than 34 points a game. They're the number one scoring team in the league. In that stretch that you mentioned, stats, the last four weeks, the most points Buffalo has put up in a game is 24 points. And I think in th- in the other three games, they didn't even reach 20. So the, the obvious question is, and the Bills have a, a mediocre defense, is can Buffalo score with Seattle? And I don't think they can. The crazy thing is, and I keep saying it, and I I keep getting proven wrong by the Seahawks, but when their defense is so bad, you would think that teams would be able to score on them. But they've gotten, I think, their top five in the league in turnovers. So they've gotten a lot of big game-changing plays by the defense, even though they do give up a lot of yards. And Russell, like you said, I mean, he is absolutely cashing in on those opportunities. And the Seahawks are just burying people under an avalanche of points. It's... uh. It's depressing, really. They're basically playing arena football. <laughs> and when you're, you know, when you're playing arena football, if you if you get one or two stops, one or two big turnovers, then that's that's all that you need. And 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 so far they've they've been managing to get those. The Bills, by the way, are gonna be in some fun games coming up because not only do they have Seattle, then they go on the road to play Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. They have a bye week. Then they play the Chargers and Justin Herbert, who looks incredible. And then they're in San Francisco to play the 49ers. So the Bills' next four games are going to be really fun, and they're going to tell us a lot more about whether they can sort of get it back together and sort of separate themselves a little bit in the AFC. I look at the Bills, and I think they're they're going to, to win the AFC East. I just – the Patriots aren't going to pull it together. I don't think the – I don't think Miami is really playing at this point to try to win the AFC East. I think they'll win some more games, but I don't think they're going to, uh, 
I don't think they're going to be there at the end, at least as far as winning the division. But I'm not sold on the Bills as as a team that's going to make a deep playoff run. So, I mean, we'll see. Maybe I'll be wrong. But at least in terms of, of this week, I think the Seahawks are a three-point favorite this week. And, and, and I've got to go with Seattle because, as I said, I just don't think the evidence doesn't lead you to believe that the Bills are going to be able to score with Seattle when it comes down to it. I hate to agree with you, but I have to go with Seattle as well. That offense is absolutely humming right now. And the thing is, it's not like they need contributions from everybody. Even against the 49ers last week, it was basically Russell and DK Metcalf doing all the heavy lifting for Seattle. But when you're as good as both of those guys are, that's all you need. So I don't see that stopping anytime soon in this game. So I think Russ is going to continue to cook. Metcalf is like, I mean, he is having a breakout year, maybe the best year of any receiver. By the way, can, can you believe, I, I saw it the other day, I think DK Metcalf was the ninth wide receiver taken in his draft class. Is that insane or what? I mean, it is a little insane. Kyle Shanahan was talking about that last week, and he said, look, uh, he had an injury history that had a lot of teams worried, which really means it had the 49ers worried. Um, But, you know, sometimes teams get scared off. I know people talk about he had a bad three-cone drill at the Combine. I don't even know what the three-cone drill is or what it measures. So maybe we should throw that one out because he's terrorizing defenses right now. But, yeah, it it was a whiff by a lot of people. Yeah, it was. I mean, and it just goes to show you, I mean, the draft is is such an inexact science and teams, they have so much time and, and so much information at their, you know, at, at their fingertips. I think that a lot of times what teams do is is they look at the obvious and they take all that information and they talk themselves out of things. Well, like you said, it's it's an art, not a science. And if it was, everybody would be able to do it. But you know, their loss is Seattle's gain. They saw it with Russell Wilson. Now they're getting it with DK Metcalf. You know, the Seahawks can can hit on some of these late round picks and end up with a lot of cheap guys who are really, really good. And that's a pretty good way to build your roster if you can swing it. Okay. We have two games left, Ed. And normally what we do is we take the last game from the fan voting and then we do our own game that we want to talk about, which we call dealer's choice. You made the executive decision to put the axe to the dealer's choice this week because we had a tie in the voting for the final game that we're going to talk about. So there were two games. It was Ravens, Colts, and Dolphins, Cardinals. They both tied. So rather than just do the one of them and leave the other one off, we're going to do both. We're here for you. We serve you, the fans. So here we go. It's Ravens. It's Colts. The Ravens are coming off of just a gut-wrenching loss against the Steelers. Lamar Jackson had multiple opportunities at the end of the game. One time he fumbled in the red zone and the other time he turned it over on downs. It just, uh, they were right there with the division rival Steelers. And here come the Colts, a very physical team, Ed. And I can't help but wonder if the Ravens are due for a little bit of a letdown. Well, when you talk about the Ravens, you know, last week was a game where they, they had the lead. I think they had a double digit lead at one point if early in the game, if I'm not mistaken, but, uh, you know, they, they had the lead. They couldn't hold it. Once again, you see a situation where where they couldn't make plays in the passing game when they needed to. You know, they, they, had, a, they had an opportunity. I think I looked at the numbers. 
Lamar Jackson has only thrown for more than 200 yards twice this season. And in both of those cases, it, it was just barely over 200. So you're starting to, to wonder, are the Ravens a team that, that can, you know, we, we've seen them lose to the Chiefs now. Now we've seen them lose to the Steelers. Can the Ravens beat some of these some of these really good teams. And I, I think we're we're also starting to to hear a little bit of of I, I thought I, I saw this week a little bit of complaining from some of the the Ravens receivers. Yep. And then we've got a coat we've got a COVID outbreak with the Ravens as well. So you're starting to wonder what's what's going on in, in Baltimore a little bit. So I, I I worry about the Ravens right now. Baltimore was one of my losers at the trade deadline in the Tuesday show that I did uh, the off-day debrief with Brandon Gowton here for SB Nation because my thought at the end of that Steelers game, Ed, was, okay, here's Baltimore. They're in prime position to get a touchdown at the end of this game. Who are they going to go to? Who's the guy that Lamar Jackson can look to for a little bit of help in this situation? And they don't have one. You know, they don't have that go-to guy. So I was really saying that Baltimore should have stepped up and made a trade for a wide receiver because you need that. I mean, Russell Wilson can go to DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett, but you know, he's got a guy. Mahomes has Kelsey or Tyreek Hill. Like there's always a guy there for the really good teams and Baltimore just doesn't have that. No, they really don't. And you know, again, I think, you know, we talked about Antonio Brown a little bit earlier in this show and you know, it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers already had Mike Evans. They already had Chris Godwin and, and, now they're adding Antonio Brown, and it's almost like adding him to play keep away from teams like the Ravens and teams like the Seahawks and other teams that might have might have wanted to add a guy like this. So, but yeah, you're, you know, they Baltimore they they need they really they really could use that that added weapon on the outside, and 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 right now that they just don't have it. The Ravens have eight players on the COVID-19 list. That is insane. They are practicing this week without five linebackers, three defensive backs, and uh, including four of their top five tacklers. So, you know, that's music to Phillip Rivers' ears. Hey, can we pick up, you know, if, if, if you and I, can we go to, to Baltimore and pick up a practice squad check for the week? You know, maybe. <laughs> I <could use laughs> if the we money. volunteer, you know, we can always use the money. And, you know, Philip Rivers, I feel like he's sort of quietly under the radar. He's picked it up, I feel like, for the Colts recently. He has not been the, the kind of dud that I thought he was going to be going there. He's shown he's got a little bit of something left. And the, I feel like the Colts are not getting enough love right now. By the way, how is this for a quarterback contrast? In, just in the, in the styles between Lamar Jackson and, and, and Philip Rivers. It's just, there are there are vastly different ways to, to play the position. And, and, and this matchup is a great example of that. If Phillip Rivers started at the 50 and Lamar Jackson started at one of the goal lines, do you think that he could beat Phillip Rivers to the other end zone? It, it would kind of look like DK Metcalf running me down. <laughs> <laughs> or running down Buda Baker. <laughs> yeah. The, the crazy thing about, DK Metcalf running down Buda Baker is that, you know, Buda Baker runs like a 4-4, for God's sakes. <laughs> I mean, he ran him down like a monster chasing somebody in a nightmare. It was terrifying <laughs> to see how big like, actually it was. It was it was unreal. Like I I thought that someone sped up the video. That's how crazy that was. 
Um, so in this one, the Ravens are still favored by two and a half. Ed, does that does, do all those absences scare you off? Or are you willing to lay the points? Oh, I'm taking the Colts in this game, no doubt about it. I mean, you know, the one other thing we didn't mention is the is the 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 Ravens losing left tackle Ronnie Stanley for the year. That's very so, true. Bad job by me. You know, it's just I, I just the the Colts are the or the I mean. The Ravens, excuse me, are a bit of a mess right now. So uh, I think that the uh, the Colts, you know, this is normally a game you'd be really excited about, and maybe you should still be excited about. But I think the Colts are catching Baltimore at the right time. I agree. They're coming off a very physical game against Pittsburgh. Like we talked about, they have the absences. The Colts are, you know, I think they can surprise people. You know, despite what everyone says, there are still teams that. When the players look at the schedule, they take more lightly than other teams. I think the Colts are going to be something, you know, a team that kind of shocks Baltimore with how physical they are. Plus, they're getting points in this game. I always like to get points. So I'll take the two and a half and I'll take the Colts as well. And yet again, Ed, we agree. This just has to stop. <laughs> well, we've only got one <laughs> game left. And that is Tua Tungavailoa and the Miami Dolphins against Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. And to me, this game just got a lot more fun now that Tua is in. Now, I know he didn't blow anybody away last week with his performance, but I'm still excited to see the young guy go against Kyler. I am as well. I, I, we talked about it a little bit last week. I think the Dolphins absolutely made the right move. I mean, they won a game, they won a game last week where, where Tua didn't have to do much of anything. I think he had 90 total passing yards, which is just, you know, a ridiculous total in, in today's NFL but defensively, special teams, you know, Miami, Miami did a lot of, of good things in other areas. And, you know, that's a, that's a young, up-and-coming, developing football team with a good young head coach in Brian Flores. And, and the right thing to do is to get your quarterback out there on the field and you know, and see what he's got, and and let the team develop with him. So I, I'm I'm excited to to see how he grows. You know, we keep telling Brian Flores that he should be tanking, and all he, the Dolphins keep doing is saying no. They didn't tank at the end of last year. They're winning games this year. They're a good team. He's a good coach, and I think that Arizona should win this game. But it's not a given by any stretch of the imagination. I would not be stunned at all to see Miami go and, and win this game because I still have doubts about Kyler Murray. Ed. I don't know which Kyler is going to show up because there's the guy that looks incredible against Seattle. And then there's the guy that goes nine of 24 against the terrible Dallas Cowboys defense. And so that that worries me when I can't really depend on consistency from the quarterback. I would agree. I think it's. Kyler Murray is very exciting. The Arizona Cardinals are such a really interesting team, you know, just because of, of the way that they play with, you know, with Cliff Kingsbury and, and with Kyler Murray and, and the fact that they're in so many ways, they're so different than, than most NFL teams. And yet, like, I, I agree with you. You're, you're just never sure what you're going to get you know, from them. They're, they're not a team that's a finished product yet. They definitely aren't. And, you know, if Kyler's going to take that next step, that's what it is. It's consistent performance week after week. And if you're the Cardinals and, you know, you want to compete for a playoff spot in the NFC, these are the games you got to win. You've got to handle your business. 
against a team like Miami. Don't mess around and let it be close and let them hang around because if you do, they're going to gain confidence and then you're maybe one crazy play from Tua away from getting beat. You want to come and demoralize them as early as you can because if not, things can get hairy and and you're going to be looking back at the season when you're not in the playoffs saying that's a game we should have won. Well, what what I think Miami wants to do at this point, and I think they made it you know pretty obvious last week because the throws that they did ask Tua to make were were pretty quick throws. They didn't put a whole lot on his plate. They want to protect him. I mean, it's been a while since he's actually played football, coming off the injury that he had a year ago. You no preseason, nothing. It's been a while, you know. So. They, they don't want to put a lot on his plate. And, and if you're Arizona, what you want to be able to do is get a lead, put them in long yardage, make two or throw the ball 35 or 40 times and, and, and see what happens. See if you can, you know, see if you can, can create some mistakes or cause the, the, the young quarterback, you know, making only his second appearance to, to make some mistakes. And the question is, can Arizona do that? Did it weird you out at all to see Tua, the lefty play? Like, my brain had trouble processing it. Like, how's this guy running to the left so fast and throwing the ball like that? It's like, oh, yeah, he's left-handed. You know, that was a little bit odd because it's we just don't see a whole lot of lefties anymore. Is, is there is there another left-handed quarterback in the league at this no. point? Nope. In fact, the last left-handed touchdown pass before Tua's last Sunday was Kellen Moore in 2016. So four years ago. That is just, that is just insane. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I didn't realize that, but, but it was a little bit jarring. And, and, you know, the other thing that's, that's kind of jarring to look at is he's not a big guy. He's not, not that big. He is not a big guy. He really isn't. You know, the short quarterbacks. You know, they're all the rage nowadays. So we'll see how it works out for Tua. Uh, the Cardinals are giving four, Ed. What do you like? I, I'm conflicted on this game. I'm going to take Arizona because they should win this game. But, you know, but I'm I'm also, I agree with you. Miami is a team that, that I don't care who you are. Miami's a team I wouldn't want to play at this point, but I will take Arizona because it's a game they should win. I'm going to disagree with you a little bit only because I'm getting points and it's more than three, which I, I don't think Miami's getting blown out. They really don't do that. And I just think that they're going to find a way to keep it close. I don't think it's going to be a blowout either way. I could see them maybe getting a late touchdown that might seal the deal for me, but I just, I don't think it's going to be that, you know, um, I don't think the game is just going to be that much of a blowout. So I'll take the Dolphins. I put my trust in Brian Flores. You know, he'll come up with something. Kyler Murray doesn't have a ton of experience. Maybe he can confuse him a little bit. So I will disagree with you, and I will take Miami and the points. Now, just to recap the tip. I think you just did that on purpose, just to disagree. (laughs) I will neither confirm nor deny that report. Let me recap the picks for you. And by the way, Ed, two weeks ago, you were four and one. I was singing your praises with the picks. And last week, you and I were both two and five. So kind of a down week for us last week. Hopefully we rebound this week. So you took the Packers minus six and a half, Tampa Bay minus four and a half, Seattle minus three, Indy getting two and a half, and Arizona minus four. 
I agreed with you about Green Bay and Tampa Bay and Seattle and Indy, but I am disagreeing with you on Miami. I will take the Dolphins and the four points. Is there anything else you'd like to say to the fine folks out there before we wrap this one up? No, just other than, you know, please make sure you sign up for SB Nation Reacts uh, to vote on, uh, on on what games we talk about, about to, to vote on on the polls that, that we put together about your favorite NFL teams. So sign up for that. The, the, the more votes we get, the better the show is. So uh, please do. You're a thousand percent right. And we make it really easy for you. There's a link to sign up right in the description of the podcast. We put it in there for every episode. So it's very easy to find. You can click it and sign up and be a part of the show and a part of the community. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the SB Nation NFL show. You'll get this show. You'll get all our great shows. Enjoy the game tonight. Go 49ers. I don't think it's going to happen, but go 49ers. And we'll talk to you next week.